And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm sorry. You can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And time, and time again. Crank up the music. Charge a glass. This nation is going to dance all night. Why is the opening gambit of asking someone who they support so fraught with peril? Is there any better footballing small talk than with a taxi driver on holiday? How do you chat to a fair weather football fan? And what is the most tedious football trivia question of all? Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Access to The Athletic is just £1 a month. Get all our great content on the app and listen to podcasts like this ad-free. Go to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod to sign up. That's theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod. Hello again, cliche fans. This week, we are taking the deepest of deep dives into the art of footballing small talk. If you think we couldn't fill an hour or so of precious podcast time about this, you're about to be sorely mistaken. Let me introduce my guest. First of all, uh, he's back again. It's Nick Miller, co-presenter of the New Forest podcast, Two Stars. Welcome to Podcast World. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, my, my it's actually my first time trying a podcast. Extraordinary. Two stars. Where does the name come from? I, just, I can't possibly imagine what that what that must be about. Oh well, interestingly, Adam, um, Nottingham Forest have won the European Cup uh, twice. <laughs> That's um, there's the same amount of times as Juventus and uh, double every club in London. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm glad we covered that because that was the contractual obligation. And um, alongside you, in a virtual sense, we have Neil Rigg, deputy editor of Fantasy Football Scale, um, aka Sconto Rigger on Twitter. A lovely handle. Thank you, Neil. You. <laughs> You're a Newcastle fan, so I think you're well-placed for this episode because you must be fully immunised against tedious football small talk from new acquaintances, surely. Yeah, especially um, given that I lived in London for nine years, so it was, hmm. you must hear all of us because, of course, Newcastle fans hear every single Cockney, <laughs> uh, even Rob Lee and Les Ferdinand, as I remind them. Yeah, we love a number nine, of course. You know, yes, is it, of course. Yeah. Is it, are, are you melting down here in the warm weather, which is kind of more sort of geographical banter, but it all kind of ties into <laughs> one horrible package, really. You must get sort of um, commandeered for amateur punditry about the state of Newcastle at any point over the last, what, no, 10, 15 years. Yeah, I think especially if you're a, an expat Geordie, you are the, mm. the go-to resource for, you know, what's the deal with Ashley, you know, um, what do you think of Bruce, do you miss Rafa, all that kind of stuff, and, and really... You know, by my own admission, probably not that big a Newcastle fan anymore. Like, obviously, I, oh, I, right. I love, okay. I love, no, I love the club. I love the club, but I can't, yeah. I can't profess to be in a, in a weird uh, night and game of season, man. Who can anybody at this point, of course? But you know, I, I was never a, a, a season ticket holder or anything like that. So, 
to be the um, you know the, the authority and all things Newcastle was a was a lord to bear when I was in London. All those tedious conversations have come in very handy today when we when we get into the kind of nuts and bolts of of fair weather football fan chat. Um, but we have some important matters to take care of. First of all, Nick, we've talked about this um, in previous episodes about the concept of the game being gone. It's it's properly entered the mainstream uh, this week when Jamie Redknapp was kicking off about Lucas Digne's red card against Southampton, and uh, well, this is what he said. There is not one player that could say that's a red card that's played football. I just disagree. And I really hope that the ref... That they, no, why are you laughing? Well, I was thinking about the tackles that you probably used to get away with that, that didn't get I a mean, yellow card yeah. or a booking for. Now that's three games. I just don't see that. And I, I really hope that the, the authorities look at it and go, look, it's not a red card. You know, he's taken... He's cost his team to a certain extent. He's had to play for 25 minutes without him, however long it was. That needs to be overturned and just we all get on with it because if we're going to get to the stage where that's a red card, the game's officially gone. The game's officially gone, Nick. <laughs> um, I, 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 I think we're at the point now where we have to... Do we need like a doomsday clock for football? Just just how close are we to being gone? Yeah, or, or maybe some kind of uh, games gone czar who can sort of the ultimate <laughs> high authority to adjudicate on, you know, on whether the game has gone or not. Or... And you know, and then tell us what happens when the game really has gone. So you know, yeah. there's there's no kind of discussion about what what what's next. What's you know, if the game's gone, what do we all do? This feels like a very real concern now, Neil. Because and I was going to ask you what the criteria might be for the game being gone, but I think we're actually we're getting close to that that reality because you know I, I hear talk of Barcelona just casually the outgoing president of Barcelona just casually throwing in that they agreed to join some European Super League maybe it is making us start to wonder what on earth are we going to do when football as we know it just goes kaput and starts eating itself well I love the idea that um, a full back raking his studs down someone's calf was the was the kaplunk buckaroo moment for Renna <laughs> and this was it this was the tipping point but my sort of second point is um, was it ever here? I mean, was it, was football ever here in the first place? It's been oh. going for like 140 years. Schrodinger's you, football. You, yes, <laughs> very much so, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever read, uh, is it Paul Brown, his, his Victorian football stuff? Yeah. Um, and some of the, the extracts from articles back in the 1880s when professionalism was coming into place. So mm. everything that was bringing the game into disrepute, on-field rows, um, back chat the refs, <laughs> was linked to the rise of professionalism. So I don't oh, right. think it was ever really here, football. I think it was here for about 10 years. And then from <laughs> 1880 onwards, it's been gone or going. And uh, maybe, yeah, maybe this is it. Maybe we're at, we're at 5 to 12 on the doomsday clock now. And, uh, <laughs> was that the 90s? Was that, was that, was that when it was here? Just, just to confirm. And maybe, I think we can well, in my world, 1990s. very much so, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Everything yeah, good to hear in. it. Well, you know, speaking of irrational things that irritate people and make them think that, that football has gone, Nick, uh, kickoff times appears to be rankling with people. Um, Brighton versus West Brom kicked off on Monday at 5.30pm, which, I mean, I, I know there are special circumstances going on at the moment, but it feels a very unnatural time for a game to be kicking off. It just feels bleak, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's like like a kickoff time that was designed to attract as little attention as possible. <laughs> yes. This let, let's let's f- find the time when as few people will be thinking about football as you can possibly imagine and then just stick this game on and no one's really no one, no one really cares about Brighton West Brom just stick it there no one will mind. And the, the clocks had just gone back as well yeah. Neil. So I if you could pinpoint a time in your week where you you are less up for watching any game of football whatsoever. Do you think Monday 5.30pm, after the clocks have just gone back, could be it? Yeah, it feels like the footballing equivalent of 
a PR a spin doctor burying bad news, you know, like <laughs> beneath a bigger story. Brighton West Brom being it, of course, this week. Traditionally, I always hated the sort of eleven thirty a.m., twelve o'clock Sunday kickoffs, especially if Newcastle mm. were playing. So before I had Sky, I would be going down to the pub, and I just wasn't ready for drinking at that time of the day. And you can't <laughs> nurse a juice really for a Newcastle Sunderland game, not where I'm from anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I that was I always hated those early kickoffs on a Sunday. I think I've, I've become less bothered by them now. And um, actually, they are one of the more traditional fixture times now, given the the nonsense we've been served over the last month or two. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm talking from an armchair fan's perspective here. Primarily, I realise there are concerns about transport and getting to the games and and being you know, able get home afterwards. I, ignoring all that, I'm just focused on the numbers here. Nick, 3pm, good. 7.45pm, good, albeit weird and unexplained. 8pm, acceptable. Everything else is up for debate as far as I'm concerned. I think I'm a little bit more relaxed about this than the than you, but maybe... <laughs> uh, but anything after... Anything late that kicks off later than 5.30 on a Saturday night is uh, it just mm. feels weird. It yeah. feels like... Uh, it almost feels like, well, football's had... Well, firstly, it feels like football's had since you know, noon that day to grab your attention and, you know, let's 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 give some sort of light entertainment on T V a go now rather than just more football. But also it it um takes away from the specialness of bo- your boxing days and uh, other kind of occasions yes. where you can sort of you, you can fondly remember going, Oh, this we could just sit here all day and watch football like it's this kind of colossal novelty. Um, that yeah, only boxing day is the one year. day where kickoff times go out the window. As long as it's yeah. as long as it's constant um, uh, diet of football, I, I think that's all right. Um, some listeners have weighed in into uh, this debate. Tom says, being from North Wales and an avid fan of Welsh football, the go-to Saturday kickoff time is two thirty, which has mm. never sat quite right with me. I mean, I mean that is odd. I mean, I, I imagine there's some sort of reason behind it, Neil. But um, that, all that makes me think of is them clogging up the video printer on Soccer Saturday yes. every week with, with your Connors key nomads and, <laughs> and, and Seven Druids. What are, what are you doing here? Yeah, very much so. And I, I was That was the first thing that came to my head, actually. Um, I used to be bewildered at the uh, array of uh, 4.42 full times in Scotland as well. I noticed that when I was a kid on, on Grandstand. It would be... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah they, why do they always finish first? Well, I, I've tried to find, about, find out about this. I wondered if it was a 2.55 kickoff time or a 10-minute half time, and I've never been able to get a definitive answer. So if someone is knows... Is half time? I think it is. Oh, I'm sure yeah. about this. I'm, I'm sure they, in Scotland or something, they had a 10-minute half time. Yeah. I think I, that's what it is. There's definitely some technicality about half time durations going on, which I should have researched but haven't. Half times used to be 10 minutes, years and years right. and years ago. It's, it's, it's a relatively kind of recent five-minute edition, you know. Mm. Sure, we could, we could grumble, oh, of course, it's for the TV to have more adverts blah, 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 or something <laughs> like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, um, it used to be 10 minutes and uh, another five got tacked on somewhere along the line. Elsewhere, uh, Ross J says, anything after 8pm on a Sunday is just madness. So that, that tallies with what you said, Nick. But he also suggests that the Classico being played at midday feels weird. There, I think he's right. Um, Classico is the sort of fixture that really should be played in broad daylight, Neil. It, it, there are there are some fixtures that should just should be under floodlight. Yeah, very much so. And I've always had a curious fascination with La Liga kickoff times. I mean, I, I, in the summer especially, um, mm. with uh, football restarting in June, the, obviously the height of, of summer in Spain, it's going to be improbable to play at midday. So I think we saw a lot of 10 p.m. kickoff time in, in Spain this summer, um, which does neatly bring me on to a, a game I remember from uh, early noughties, mm. Barca v Sevilla. 
Ah, yes. like the, the, yeah, the ultimate weird kickoff time. Basically, Barca playing sneaky buggers because their game had to be played on a Wednesday before their players headed off international duty. So they yeah. scheduled it for five minutes past midnight local time. And this all sounded uh, great. Like they they yeah. served up sort of loads of food to the fans. I mean, transport <laughs> yes. issues aside, that all sounds brilliant. Well, I love the idea that they're trying to, to claw back some integrity of the game by by um, supplying tuck shop food. Basically, that is their, <laughs> their their answer to yeah a, a ludicrous kickoff time. But yeah, that was the one that stuck in the mind, and that was reminded of that the other day. On um, I think it might have been the thread you put actually for this for this uh, yeah. podcast, Adam. That's the ultimate kickoff time for me. Of course, there's things like uh, World Cup times which are adjusted for you know BST and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. In terms of local time kickoffs, that was um, that took the biscuit, I think. Barcelona got they sort of got away with that game because that was the game that Ronaldinho scored that amazing goal that sort of thronked yeah. in off the crossbar. Oh, yeah. It's one of his uh, one of his. Um, I think one it was his, his first, first goal games. for Barcelona. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What a time, quite literally, to be alive. <laughs> um, Barcelona find themselves very much at the centre of these controversies. Um, an inexplicable situation back in two thousand and one, where their UEFA Cup semi final um, uh, against Liverpool was delayed by 10 minutes um, because the BBC had persuaded everyone involved that they could delay the game so that EastEnders viewers could find out who shot Phil Mitchell. Uh, an absolutely astonishing series of events. And, and this is how Gary Lineker uh, introduced the uh, coverage. So we know who shot Phil. We're about to see who's going to score for Liverpool. Join us in a matter of seconds for the UEFA Cup semi-final between Barcelona and Liverpool. Nobody knows the outcome of this one. <laughs> uh, solid, solid introduction work from the boy Lineker there. Uh, BBC Sports spokesman Mike Hale said, Neil, that uh, we asked both sides nicely and they agreed to start later because of EastEnders. It is a well-known programme, so the Spanish realised it was important for the BBC. The Spanish. That is... <laughs> That is astonishing. I'd, I'd completely forgotten about that until you reminded me of this. So that is, that is yeah, unbelievable. That's a, a, added to the long list of stuff that I have to apologise now when I go on holiday. Uh, added <laughs> yes. to, like, yeah, Victorian-era war crimes and <laughs> trashed cafes and things like that. Oh, my God. If this story can be dated anymore, um, uh, the article that um, uh, on the BBC that went on about this uh, went on to talk about how a spokesman for the National Grid said a normal midweek of episode of EastEnders triggered a readout of about 700 megawatts, but at the end of tonight's episode, it was 1,400 megawatts, the equivalent of... Uh, half a million kettles being boiled. Uh, <laughs> viewing figures cliches. Maybe we should set up a sister podcast for that because nothing is more 2001 than talking about the, the demand on the national grid of the <laughs> end of an episode of EastEnders. Football small talk. I never thought I'd be so fascinated by this subject until I was sat in a, um, a dentist waiting room yesterday still without an idea of what the hell we were going to do for this podcast. And then a, a WhatsApp conversation with producers Dave and Aidy turned into this epic long scrawl of uh, observations about about how we navigate this awkward territory of, of football small talk. There's only one place to start here, Neil, which is mm. when you meet someone for the first time and that conversation drifts towards football. And, it, and it's essentially like, it's like a mating ritual. It's that awkward, yes. mandatory conversation you have to have about who you support. Yeah, I was on the same page. Yeah. It did think, it did sort of remind me of chat up lanes. I've been <laughs> no good at either throughout the entirety of my life. But the thing is, there's no other way into a conversation with a football fan, really, mm. unless you're sat at a bar and you're talking about a specific, specific game. But, yeah, I've, I've been striving for 36 years to think of another way into getting to know somebody <laughs> um, without asking about the football team, but I've yet to yet to find that what it is. Because you don't know what the answer's going to be and you don't know where the conversation's going to head. 
If there was mm. some, yeah, if there was some kind of dating app for football fans, where you could just thrash out the the, the essentials, the fundamentals, and yeah. then take it from there. You know, if if their bio mentions soccer AM, then you know not to pursue it any further. But it, but it shouldn't be the opening gambit, Nick. But it always is, and and I just I feel like my brain kind of sort of goes into kind of autopilot at that point and just says, right, you know you're going to say it. And your, ma- your mouth goes, can I not? I don't I don't want to. And then it just says, go on. And then you say, right, who's your team? And then you're waiting for the kind of reciprocal question and you're sort of preparing the list, of, the sort of checklist of things that are going to be asked about you. So, you know, <laughs> yes. in, in my case, it'll be, you can kind of grade it on how much someone is paying attention. So, um, you know, if I tell them, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a Forest fan, actually, um, they, if someone says something about Brian Clough, then you know they haven't really been kind of, you know, <laughs> paying attention for, to Forest for that long. And we're kind of in this sort of slightly odd area where they're sort of, everyone thinks they're kind of familiar with Forest, but yeah. usually the, ne- the supplementary question is, Who's your manager these days? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's a bit like Brent saying, who does your tampons? Um, <laughs> there was always that sort of sprinkling of, of self-deprecation, Neil. I mean, almost yeah. regardless of who it is they support, yeah. I mean, they could say, yeah, well, I'm actually, I, I'm an Ipswich fan, actually, or I'm, I'm a Fulham fan, or I'm a Sheffield United fan, actually, for my sins. I will happily sit here in front of my microphone and say, I have never said for my <laughs> sins when I tell people who I support. Adam, I've got my note here and written right in front of me, three words for my sins. It could be <laughs> Droylston, it could be Cruyff yeah. era Barcelona, it doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> for my sins is the, the obligatory suffix to, the, to that question. I think it's the uh, ultimate footballing small talk. I, I just yeah. That is the motto for pretty much everything we're going to discuss today. Yeah, very, or, absolutely. Or alternatively, uh, saying like, someone has to. <laughs> Someone's got to support this lot, this rabble. It seems to be the, the default option for all football fans, apart from Manchester United fans in the 90s, to kind of go, oh, well, you know, we're we're rubbish, aren't we? You know, it yeah. only happens only happens to X oh, team, you know. Yeah. There's a glamour and a lack of success, isn't there? No one really respects you if you're going to say someone who's just won the league. There's a real sort of, uh, you know, brownie points to be had by saying you've, you support someone who hasn't, Touch the quarter final in fifty years or something like that. And this is another point. I mean, I mean, when that answer is given, then then there's this kind of moment of deliberation about about mm. what that means about that person. I mean, and specifically for lower league or even non-league teams, if I ask someone who they support and they say, "Well, I'm actually I'm a Port Vale fan, actually, or I follow Northampton," and and your response, or at least my response, at least instinctively, was always, "All right." It's as if they've just told me their parents are divorced. Or as as um, Kingstonian fan Zonal Marking put it, it's as if I've just told them I've given up my job in the city to work as a teacher in an inner city comprehensive. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, you're doing good, good for the world. There is this kind of weird kind of kudos that goes with being a lower league fan, uh, Neil. Yeah, there's a, there's a dynamic shift in the conversation when that happens as well. Yes. Because if someone tells me they're a Premier League supporter... Obviously, my, my day job is, is dealing almost exclusively in the Premier League. I can hold my own in any kind of conversation. It doesn't matter if it's Burnley, <laughs> Arsenal, whoever. If someone tells me they support yeah, Mattlesfield, then all of a sudden... Yeah, my reflex action uh, first is to say the nickname of the club for some reason. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah. Someone will say, who do you support? Southend. Ah, the Shrimpers, yeah. As if the, <laughs> is that impressing anybody? But I don't know. Um, is, yeah, and then, is that and swiftly then, followed by, uh, do you get down to, uh, to Rootall <laughs> much? Very much so, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. And then, and then the third part of that is to desperately try and remember anything about the club, what I've seen on, on Quest on Saturday, the two-minute highlight package, and stuff I can remember from the Rothmans football yearbook in the 90s. But this um, is healthy, yeah. though, because that, that's you're giving and receiving with that knowledge because, you, you know, you're offering them something and, and you, there's some self-satisfaction at the same time, surely. But there's also, yeah, a kind of um, an inferiority complex that develops within me within that conversation and that I, I know I'm already floundering for something relevant and not dated. And mm. I think I've become the kind of Fairweather fan that, that I hate in those kind of conversations. So yeah. I can see from the other person's response that they don't know, that they, they know I am got a clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I'm trying to, it's a bit like me entering into music chat or, you know, talking about yeah, cricket. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of level of knowledge, really. It's about finding that sweet spot between the person who doesn't know so much uh, about the thing that the other person knows loads about, I guess. That's yeah. the art of conversation generally. But this yeah. is where football yeah. small talk kind of serves a good function, Nick. And cliches generally, because they are they are designed to kind of lubricate this conversation between someone who might know loads about it. But I don't think it always works that way. Mike Bailey writes in, he said, I was, I was challenged on the tube once about the claret and blue scarf around my neck. Once I had revealed it was emblazoned with Colwyn Bay FC, the of my would-be assailant changed and he threw in a congratulatory good for you as if addressing someone <laughs> recovering from a critical disease <laughs> but uh, there, there's kind of an offshoot of this nick um which is if on the off chance the person you're inquiring about um supports the same team as you i feel like the response always has to be ah good man yeah it's like conferring some kind of moral superiority on you know <laughs> someone because they happen to have grown up vaguely near you or something like <laughs> that yeah, there's a sort of inexplicable, stupid, instant kinship that uh, mm. is struck up. Like there's a guy when I, where I play football, uh, five-side yeah. football on, on Monday nights. There's a guy on the pitch next to us, the game always the game before us, who wears a forest shirt, and I like him. <laughs> he's yeah. he's he's a mate that I have never met because just <laughs> simply because he happens to be someone who's wearing a forest shirt in London. But if you speak to him and he turns out to be well, you know, a twat, that would be that would be crushing, wouldn't it? That would yeah, which which is why which is why I've never kind of gone over and introduced myself. Conversely, if if you're talking to someone who happens to sport, you know, one of your team's notional rivals, Neil, there's always this kind of sort of pantomime act you have to go through for the next five six seconds. Oh, I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, I normally (laughs) say that when someone tells me there's a Mackham. I'm not particularly tribal Newcastle fan, but there is a, Mm. a sort of an expectation that you should detest everything that comes from south of the Tyne uh, yeah. up here. It is more pantomime now. I think it is, it's less It's less sort of, um, you know, based on animosity. I think it is more uh, more sort of, uh, you know, jocular now. It helps when the other party's down in League One, of course. I'll just get that <laughs> shot in there. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, there is there is that. Yeah, there, there, has, to, there has to be a... Um, uh, a gentle ribbon and then and, and then a sort of a, a... Yeah, an establishing of some of some rival ground lines before you can continue with the conversation. It's just, it's the it's the <laughs> football banter 101, isn't it, when you're meeting a, oh, a rival fan? This invitation to justify yourself after you've declared who or who you don't support, or even if you don't support anybody at all, which, you know, is secretly a very weird thing to uh, to say. But you, even when someone says, oh, I don't really follow a team, you've, just, you've got to go, well, fair enough. It's as if they said they're a vegetarian or they don't drink. You know, <laughs> both of those things are fine. It's just that, you know, your instant reaction is going, oh, well, OK, fair enough. Well, you know, more power to you. Um, but there is, there is, Nick, this kind of 
this episode you have to go through next of justifying why you support the team you support and then give this kind of solid backstory, even if it doesn't exist. Um, I'll give you an example here. This is Prince William explaining to Gary Lineker back in 2015 before the FA Cup final against Arsenal why he supports Aston Villa. So Aston Villa, you're, you're a fan of Aston Villa. How did that come about? A long time ago at school, I just got into football big time and um, I was looking around for clubs, you know, to support, and I, I didn't. All my friends at school were either Man U fans or Chelsea fans. I didn't really want to sort of follow the run-of-the-mill um, teams, and I wanted to have a team that was more middle of the table that could give me the more emotional roller coaster moments. Which, to be honest, now looking back, bad <laughs> idea. yeah, it's a bad idea. <laughs> could have had an easier time. I've had plenty of um, Gunner fans come up to me and go, well, you know, just you wait next week yeah. and stuff like that. And suddenly, suddenly everyone's a Gunner fan when it comes to that. Nick, he seems like he seems like a genuinely nice guy but I was with him pretty much most of the way until he started calling them Gunner fans he, he just about lost it at that point it's I, I don't know it's the kind of thing you for, for someone who has lived the undoubtedly extremely strange life that he has <laughs> he it, it's like he has someone has at some point in his teens some, someone gave him a book on human interaction and just said okay read this take down take notes yeah. memorize a couple of key words and you'll probably get away with it <laughs> and you know at some point he's he's read the kind of dummy's guide to football banter and mm. he's he's uh he's taken in a nickname there and he goes okay well everyone calls arsenal gunners and, you know every yeah. and if you are an arsenal fan you're a gunner so there you go i'll i'll, I'll commit that to memory neil i mean there is no bad reason to be supporting a football team is i mean if you, even if you went to the extreme end of it like proper glory hunting that's that's still a decision you've made and still a reason to support a team and then after a while it's all immaterial anyway because you either love them or you don't so after a while it just doesn't matter or it just doesn't matter at all i'm not sure if it's still a thing now but um locality was was something to bash people over the head with i think especially yeah. when i was growing up there was a lot of my United fans in my in my school. Obviously, uh, I was supporting Newcastle around at the time when we were in the old Division Two, so we weren't particularly successful yeah. at the time. So we had we had Leeds fans, we had my United fans, and that was that was all we had really to to dismiss their choices because we weren't winning anything. We, were, we still haven't won anything, but yeah, they, our our line of argument was why don't you support your local team? <laughs> Which is nonsense because I'm from. Northumberland. So if I support my local team, I'll be down Bedlington Terriers every week, not a club <laughs> 15 miles down the road. I wasn't born yeah, in the yeah. shadow of St James's. So yeah. it's a bit of a nonsense argument, really. Nick, I put it to you that the, the sweetest spot of footballing small talk, um, of casual football chat, is with taxi drivers, especially, but not exclusively, on holiday. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, as, as you've put in the notes here, this is, this is where... Um, ridiculous knowledge of footballing minutiae really pays off <laughs> yeah. because you can you know that the last thing you want to do is um you know antagonize a, a taxi driver um <laughs> and uh, I, this very much reminds me of the the i had a bulgarian taxi driver once who was oh, nice. just uh, just astonished entirely flummoxed that i had heard of martin martin petrov which <laughs> I thought it was odd because it wasn't. It's not the most obscure. You know, I'm not. I'm not sort of professing knowledge on, you know, CSK Sofia's reserve left back or something here. Yeah. This is you know a, a multi-cap winning international. But, but you pitched it, it well because you, you 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 don't want to go in straight in with Stoichkov because you think oh he's no. probably heard this million times before. <laughs> what mid-range player can I go for just to impress it? Yeah, and and fair play it did. The rest of the the journey was very pleasant. <laughs> I just this idea that you might be in I don't know in um in a holiday in Turkey or Greece and you just sort of lean over and say do you uh do you get down to the alley Sammy and much 
don't know. It's it, it's a dream for me because it's just the the look on their on their little face when you when you just imply that you know something slightly about I don't know Universitatia Cryova, and you just think that's it. This is a bond that will never ever be broken. On a similar kind of holiday theme, Neil, it's when you see someone um, wearing your your team shirt abroad, and you just give you give them a look that just says destiny. This has brought us together. Meeting anybody from within thirty miles of your house is exciting enough <laughs> on holiday, but when you see the shirt, that that really compiles it. And obviously, everything that goes with it. Sat by a hotel bar with a with a beer in hand, sun blazing down, a big projector mm. screen. It's there's nothing better than that, <laughs> is it? I, I think that might actually be pound for pound the best way to consume football. There is something about I know the distance of it, the slight slight removal from its original context that makes that a really nice context to watch, say Premier League football. You can sort of remove the emotional context of it because the, the, the sort of a whole idea that when you're on a holiday and you're lying by a pool for a week or something like that, no, all kind of logical stuff goes out the window. So you know, these this big plate of chips isn't isn't really kind of causing damage to your your waistline, and neither is the <laughs> neither is yeah. the sort of fourth pint that you've drunk by two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. Similarly, it doesn't really matter if your team loses because you know you're on holiday and the uh, all the sort of emotional pain is taken out of it. There's that kind of weird. Um Again, talking about this kind of weird sentiment you have with with fellow football fans that you've just met, Neil. In that context, when you're just sitting around watching a, a game, and there'll be someone wearing a completely different shirt of any other English club, yeah. and, you, and you'll get chatting to them, and then can you again, you'll start throwing in the little bits that you know about them, which is these days kind of hampered by the fact that the 92 football league clubs have essentially all changed their stadiums at some point, or at least taken on sponsors. Now, my knowledge of their stadiums is completely ruined, yeah. um, but. All this small talk, and you've got this kind of two-hour window to just chat about football. And then when you part ways, good luck for the season. You know, good luck, guys. Hope you do really well. Why, why say that? What's the point? <laughs> and then it's awkward because you see them again the next day, and then the day after that, and then the day after that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you book all inclusive. You, you know, that's uh, that's, <laughs> the, that's the you know the price you pay, I guess. There's a very precise art of chatting about football to a fair weather football fan, someone you know doesn't doesn't have the same level of understanding. Uh, as you about well, any part of football, really. There is a natural clip to go to here to, to sum up this predicament. Q. Alan Partridge. Uh, right, guys. You right? Yeah. See the match. Which one? Don't know. <laughs> Perhaps reducing it to slightly cartoonish levels there, Neil, but I mean, you have to be quite careful about pitching your knowledge to someone who just has the bare minimum when it comes to the football. Yeah, because you don't want to come across as uh, an elitist kind of bully in terms of football chat either. You know, you, you like to think of yourself as a fundamentally decent person. I will indulge in people for a limited amount of time in their <laughs> fair weatherness. Um, that did actually remind me of that clip of um, Have you ever seen the Armando Anucci shows where he's um, he's bluffing his way through a. Oh, of course! A pub football yes. chat, yeah. Neil, you've got this bang on. I think. Armando Iannucci actually pretty much summed up precisely the challenge of someone who doesn't know about football trying to ingratiate themselves with football supporters. Um, this is a frankly glorious 20 or 30 seconds. Bergkamp, come on, you've got 22 legs, use them. There's so many foreign players now that at halftime, instead of having oranges, they will have um, snails and tapas. United! United! Oh, aye, oh, aye, Derby County. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want Derby fans to just take up that song um, as their own from now on, Neil, frankly. The, the fair weather chat, I think, probably um, covers about 60, 70% of my entire conversations in life <laughs> about football. Yeah. Um, and I think, it's, I think it actually makes the 
the moments where you meet someone who does remember Tommy Woodwritten, for example, uh, all the yeah. more special because you have to you have to go through that. You have to go through the the office chat, the, you know, the chat with your neighbour, the chat yeah. about VAR, the chat about Jarrod yeah. and Lampard. You have to you have to serve your time before you can get to the good stuff, and that makes it all the more special. I think. I mean, there is a kind of there's a threshold you pass through, Nick, during this conversation with some uh, with someone where you, where you just kind of just give up. And you and you you make peace with yourself inside, and then you agree with their three out of ten football opinion. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, you might be right. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I think my general sort of noise slash tone is go. It's to say, yeah, I guess so, <laughs> <laughs> and then try desperately to leave it at that. I, I think uh, I settle eventually on. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see anyway how he gets on, etc. I mean, um, for example, once you've once you've declared who you support, uh, Nick, these days the question the question you get back invariably is, so what do you make of your your new manager then? And it's I mean that's a fairly basic question. There should be an answer to that. But yeah, I find it impossible to form an opinion that uh, that either satisfies me inside and or that they will appreciate. Uh, there's... I just I stop caring about halfway through my own opinion to that to that question. Yeah, because I, I, I'm also thinking throughout the question. Do you care? Do you? I mean, <laughs> do, do, honestly, do you care? Are we just not both trying to be nice here? Do it? Does, does is yeah. it, are we? Is this kind of serving any particular function? Do you? I mean, do you really have you know a, a burning desire to hear what I have to say about Chris Uton? I probably not. You trot out the the, the usual lines about him. Being a nice guy and you know <laughs> decent human being, and that's always exactly. good to have a, as a manager of your club, isn't it? Um, yeah. And uh, but you know all the while he just comes thinking, across well. Yeah, that's, that's one does. thing you've always got to say. Yeah, he comes across <laughs> well. He, he speaks well, and that's you know that's important. But you know the full answer really should be is you know, management is incredibly hard to judge. I have absolutely no idea. Yes, I think he's a reasonable human being, but maybe the next one will be better. I just don't know. I don't really know the circumstances under which he's working, so I can't form yeah, uh, a properly a informed opinion. Yeah, yeah, um, hard not to be rude in those circumstances. Um, we we had some fantastic listener contributions to uh, examples of footballing small talk that they've been subjected to. Ben the Gooner ninety two, who already sounds like he's asking for trouble, he says historically <laughs> for me it was always are you Wenger in or Wenger out, Neil? Arsenal fans must be sick of that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, well, you could you could extend that to. Um, a number of clubs. I mean, I've had it over the years. Um, mm. Everyone, everyone, bar Robson, Keegan, Benitez, <laughs> even even Hewton had it at the end. Um, was what do you think of well, Kinnear, Sunes, Roder, <laughs> Allardyce, uh, Bruce? You must now, have of run course. out of opinions of human beings. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I, I'm, I'm I've. I'm, I think I'm Hans Moorman from The Simpsons when he says supporting Newcastle's, you know, aged me horribly. I'm I'm 36 years old. I've just I've run out of things to say now that I haven't already said about Allardyce that I can't now say about Bruce. Um, so yeah, I've, the thing I've, is with Joe Kinnear is he didn't even come across well. So he didn't. You couldn't even say that. about <laughs> He's um, not a nice guy. He's, he's yeah. not. Yeah, unlike you. Whiskey disregard says the tedium of a fan of a big team pretending to be interested in your team's results. Who have you got this weekend? Ah, oh, I reckon you'll be all right this season. Is a player they tentatively know and played for your team three seasons ago still there? Um, yeah, I think he's kind of he's nailed the cross section of that. Neil, fixture chat is is just the pit, isn't it? It's just awful. <laughs> you, even if you're talking to someone who does know what they're talking about, fixture chat is the worst. 
Yeah, yeah. I've seen it now where people start talking about your next six, or you know, I think that's I think that's Paul Sports <laughs> fault. That tough run coming up. Yeah, tough run yeah. coming up. Yeah, don't care. I de- don't care. I de- <laughs> yeah, we'd beat anybody on our day. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, de- I dare say we're we're um, the job I do is partly to blame for that because we we do look ahead at fixture chunks, but um, I do die a death every time I write something like that. Nick, we get into slightly nastier territory with our listener contribution here. Uh, Darren Richmond says, My friend's brother-in-law was brought with him to a game once and asked, Who's Tottenham's free kicker? Even though it was easy to, 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 to even though it was easy to decipher, it still makes me feel a bit ill. There's a tolerance for this sort of, um, you know, genuinely clueless chat that that you just, you're going to ignore. I don't necessarily have any evidence for this, but that reeks of someone who is a fan of another sport who is just kind yeah. of uh, sort of, Implanting the the language of that sport, I'm yeah. I'm dancing around this rugby. There's a this, this is clearly a, this is clearly yeah. a rugby fan who has a kind of loose uh, awareness of what football is and is just mm. trying to kind of ingratiate themselves. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's, but they're, if they're asking these questions while your team are playing and you're and you're sort of intently watching every pass, that's when my patience runs out. I just sort of <laughs> I I'm reduced to kind of a grunt of mm, yeah yeah sort of, um, but Neil. Footballing small talk isn't. This isn't just about amateurs. This isn't just about people who don't know what they're talking about. This pervades professional football. I'm thinking of cup draws. So that you know the standard FA Cup draw, where that is the most harmless but also empty banter yeah. you could possibly see. <laughs> oh, it's 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 superb, isn't it? In its own its own way. Um, Drawing a side out at home, uh, drawing a side against a, a tough, a tough away game, drawing a non-league side against league opposition. But no one looks. It's it's yes. it's not as much so much banter as the looks, the the pans to the the manager in the crowd. If it's like a Champions League draw, um, it is drawing it is their a, former team out in a hard yes. away draw. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Former Just... former colleague X will thank me for that. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's the dumb thing, though. I, I, I feel like there's no alternative. They just they have to do it. But um, that's how you get through these things, I suppose. Um, this leads us on very nicely to an area of football small talk that I feel that where the Fairweather fans kind of get their own back a little bit. I feel like they've got a platform to go with, Nick, which is when it comes to kind of football quiz questions and trivia in, in, in an average office, you know, a conversation that begins with, I've got one for you. <laughs> You're a big football fan, Nick, aren't you? You you you'll like this one. <laughs> but the problem is with these with these trivia questions is that they they go out of date quite quickly, and yet they'll still ask the same question with the same with the same answer, even though it may only have been correct as of two thousand and one. We had no fewer than uh, I'll read out all their names. In fact, Harry Adams, Joe Patch, Jacob Greenwood, Tom Hooper, Tom Berrington, Harry Steen, Alex Butcher, and Tom Dempster all suggested that the 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 kind of absolute cast iron golden trivia question always has to be about Robert Earnshaw scoring hat tricks in all four English leagues, the <laughs> yes. league and FA Cup, and for his country. Yes. Uh, Neil, does it is there a more classic trivia question than this? I don't know because we used to work in the same office, Adam. So we we didn't yeah. really we didn't really have a lot of people firing over football trivia because I think no, it wasn't that, wasn't that kind of office. It was all very internalised. But then yeah. you, you would get one sort of occasional middle manager who'd come over and say, "Oh yes, Torres, yes. Torres." I just don't, <laughs> I don't, what's happened to him? And again, it's just one of those questions. You just you, there's no answer. Even yeah. if I wanted to give you a detailed answer from the from the depths of my football knowledge, it still wouldn't be sufficient because it's a really boring topic, and I don't want to answer it. I, I think the more playful. A trivia question is, I think, the more we all get some fun out of it. I mean, Nick, for example, which is the only league club whose name contains letters you can't colour in? I've always enjoyed that one. 
Are you uh, are you asking me this? Or I am no? actually physically asking you. Yes. Mm, yeah, it's whole city. Uh, good. I mean, if you didn't know that, I'd be really disappointed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though, just uh, to, I would sort of go back on the the the, the, the mm. classic bit of trivia that the one that always springs to mind for me is uh, Simone Perotta being born in Ashton under Lyme, and it, <laughs> that kind of gives birth to sort of smug, sneaky quizmasters who will ask something along the lines of how many people born in England have won the World Cup or something like that and then <laughs> yes. they can sort of sit back smugly on their bar stool and watch people scrabble around for, for the answers well, oh, this, it. this must be a trick question hang on was Bobby Moore born in Scotland or something mm, yeah, yeah yeah well this is it this is what I'm getting at when I say that these Fairweather fans well, you know they, they have they, they finally have the moral high ground here you're the one <laughs> doing the scrabbling around for knowledge and they're sitting there with the answer in their hands it's it's very irritating um, it's like so, Brent with Dostoevsky isn't it he's gone away and he's, yeah. he's, he's got a fact about football and he's gonna he's gonna try and outdo you. Um, well, we're talking uh, about uh, Robert Earnshaw earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners have decided to get this off their chest. These are some of the uh, the trivia nuggets that they're getting increasingly um, irritated by hearing every single day. Uh, Will Richard says, "Getting the Hawthorns is the highest ground in the country on my tombstone when I die." Um, Adam Ravenscroft says, "Surely everybody knows about Boxing Day 1963 by now, so we can stop sharing it." Um, <laughs> that's a very specific one, Nick, because you see that graphic of the of the results from 1963 being shared to within an inch of their life. I don't think I've ever seen a high res version of that. Now it gets lower <laughs> and lower res every single year, as like, people keep ripping it off Instagram and then Facebook and then taking a picture of it on their phone from their computer. Um, I wonder what state that 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 particular graphic will be. By Boxing Day this year, I just I, I dread to think. And that's a, it's a, as you say, it exists in this kind of very online sphere, which ca- very occasionally just sort of spills into Match of the Day or Football Focus, where someone mm. will you know will mention it briefly as if you know, well, uh, I've seen this on the internet. The people, the, the real people out there, won't won't know about this one. This kind of quest for footballing knowledge, or at least fresh footballing knowledge, or even stale footballing knowledge, Neil, um, takes us into kind of dangerous, kind of fake news territory. Um, Column says. A, a common bit of trivia you get as a Watford fan is AC Milan signed Luther Blissett thinking he was John Barnes, which is A, <laughs> obviously bollocks if you think about it for five seconds, and B, rests on a very, very dodgy premise indeed. Well, yes. Yeah, we, had a, <laughs> we had a similar one where um, it was claimed that Robson signed Carl Court instead of Jason Ewell from Wimbledon. Yes. The stat I see constantly going doing the rounds on Twitter is Maldini and Baresi played 196 games as a central defensive partnership, Nick, and only conceded 23 goals. Um, <laughs> it, I, I think that's a mar- masterpiece of, of fake football trivia because it does make you think maybe it was true and then every time I see it there is always precisely one reply under it going that is bollocks yeah it's in that perfect Venn diagram of something that sort just that sounds just plausible enough to be believable but is also outlandish enough to be notable <laughs> but also crucially something you are never ever going to check <laughs> yes, good point. You're not going to get on transfer marked and go. Oh, no. Actually, um, Neil Deep Blue did goes a bit meta on us here. He says the phrase um, uh, "this guy could be the answer to a pub quiz question in the future" uh, makes no sense because it's presumably way too specific to be on a generic pub quiz in the future. As as if you could never actually construct a question around it. I think he might have a point here. I think it's yeah, a, a player scoring after. 
um, 46 seconds from a long throw, becoming the the player to score earliest in a game from a long throw. Yeah, you're not going to get that on a, on your your average Sunday night quiz down the red line, are you? You're not. Mm. It's, it's it's a very if it is if those kind of quizzes exist, then I want to know about it because that is exactly the kind of quiz I want to go to. I don't want to pitch around <laughs> yes. or classical music around. I want those kind of quiz questions, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I dare say I've yet yet to find one. I would I would happily go and 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 win, uh, seeing as I'm the, of course the reigning Opta football quiz uh, oh, champion. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would happily go to a future quiz which and the, where the questions are based purely around players who at one point were declared as the potential future answers to a pub quiz question. <laughs> um, very niche, but it's, it's definitely down my street. I want to end on a on a well technically light-hearted but potentially tedious note nick which is viral football banter emails slash whatsapp group banter when it comes to football this is where the the kind of meeting of minds really takes place with football discourse isn't it yeah and this is something that i and and, and this is a, a, an extremely delicate balance to strike for someone who you know works in football and plays five aside and has friends who like football i have made it my life's mission to avoid exactly these kind of whatsapp groups <laughs> for, for for exactly this reason because because you don't you, you know you you don't want to appear kind of uh you know smug and say no actually i saw that i saw that last week so uh, yeah i you know, know don't bother sending it to me so there is a danger here of of intellectual snobbery um yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean i, I know We'll have to say these following words. We work in the industry, but that that shouldn't necessarily insulate us from from genuinely uh, creative football banter. But unfortunately, there is no such thing. Take for example, Neil after Spurs threw away their three nil lead against West Ham recently. This did the rounds, and it is it's rubbish, obviously, but it's charming in its own way because I feel like it's from another it's not from another world, another time when this sort of thing was rife. You know, maybe fifteen years ago in an office where we worked, where we would have seen this in an email and maybe chuckled, but not anymore yeah. because it's it goes as as follows. Apparently. The government are holding an emergency meeting tomorrow about banning Spurs fans from walking their dogs. Turns out they can't hold on to their leads. <laughs> oh, it, there's there's a cadence to it. There's a rhythm to it, and you know what's yeah. coming. And maybe you don't know what's coming, and that and makes you even more of a fool. But um, there's there's just it should be a museum or something. It's perfect in its <laughs> crapness. Yeah, you're right, and I think I, I, once upon a time I did enjoy that that sort of level of of crap. <laughs> Um, and it and it is hard to get away from the fact that I am now a snob when it comes to football. I hate yeah. that kind of stuff. But I I indulged in. I remember Newcastle beating United in '96, and the five past Schmeichel jokes when someone asked you what the time was <laughs> in the playground went for, for months and months on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know if it's yeah your, your tastes kind of evolve. You you like to think yourself as being above that, but. Um, yeah. You do, yeah. There's, it's very hard not to come across as a, as a, yeah, a, a snobbish arsehole when you, when you, <laughs> if when you leave the chat midway through the group or something. We should persevere with this intellectual snobbery just for a short while because, I, I for example, personally, I had to leave my um, my vets teams um, WhatsApp group because I just couldn't handle seeing another comedy football heat map from oh, the God. weekend's football. I just thought, I, this is this is it. I'm done. So I've never played for them again purely for that reason. <laughs> and. Um, but it but it raises kind of slight philosophical question um, to you both, Nick. First, is is there a part of you that wishes you did enjoy this sort of stuff? Maybe you would like football even yeah. more. Yeah, it's uh, it's the same part of me that wishes I was uh, I wasn't a football fan because because yeah. you know the, the the things that you could do with your time if you didn't <laughs> concern yourself with with all this kind of thing. And it's the same. I think it's the same part of my brain that that, that um, you know makes you makes me want to think. Yes, I I mean I I really 
do wish I had seen this meme for the first time rather than, you yeah. know, nine times in the last 24 hours on Twitter. Neil, do you think you've just basically just, you, you've you've kind of restricted yourself unnecessarily from a, a world of football enjoyment or footy yeah. enjoyment, I should perhaps explain it, just by, by channeling yourself into something a little bit more niche? Yeah, I think I think I've backed myself in a corner now. I've, I've uh, <laughs> allied with a, a cool crowd that I can't really um, move away from as much as I would love to to laugh at the latest meme that arrives in my inbox. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I obviously WhatsApp's still a thing. I haven't worked in an office now for like about seven or eight years. Yeah. So it's a bit of a dim memory of what it was like. I kind of almost miss it in a in a sort of sadist way. Like I think I miss that kind of. Having to dodge people in the kitchen, you know, before when they and and time my arrivals into work, um, so that I wouldn't bump into somebody in the corridor after have a, a chat about the weekend's games. But yeah. I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine what it's like now, going off going off WhatsApp and Twitter. Ex- expected goals must be a huge thing in offices now. Like, um, X X T oh. if someone's making a brew, like, oh, where's my expected oh, tea or something? No. Oh, how many? What's your X X B for tonight's trip to the pub? Is it going to be six beers X X B or something? Oh, it'll just be. Advanced banters. Is this what we're yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe metrics, uh, yeah, are giving it a welcome boost to potential football banter. There's only one thing left for me to kind of pose to you both. Uh, Neil, who, who have your team got this weekend? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't actually know. <laughs> uh, you, yeah. Who you got? I, do you know what? I genuinely, genuinely don't know. <laughs> um, I'm out of practice with this kind See, of level of conversation. See, that's something a fair fan would know. They would have checked. Yeah. They would have gone onto the BBC website and looked at the fixtures to see who they're playing. There is Maybe this is kind of inverse knowledge vacuum going on where if you're a fair weather football fan, you do actually know more about the nuts yeah. and bolts of football than, <laughs> say, you do. I'm so much of a fan of Newcastle. I don't bother myself with the trivialities of who we're actually playing on any given day, when we're playing, or actually. Have you ascertained who you were playing at the weekend? Because uh, no, for, Everton. You're playing Everton. That's winnable. Yeah. That's winnable, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it obligatory for me at this point to say like, well, Richarlison suspended. You know, that gives you a chance. Yeah. Whoever they're down, whoever their key players are down, <laughs> that gives you yeah an extra chance. Nick, where are you in the table? Where's where are Forest? Uh, you know, we're not doing too, too badly. Results have picked up a little bit recently. Uh, you know, we are... Um, hang on. No, uh, just off the top of my head. <laughs> just so, 20, so 20, warmed. My heart is warm by the fact that you both had to look up this very vital piece of information about your own teams. <laughs> 20th in the table. At, at oh, the time of, you'll be all right. You'll be fine. At the, <laughs> at the time of recording, anyway, just just to point this out. Uh, got, a, got, a, got a game tonight, so, you know. Oh, well... Um, uh, I am very much at peace with football small talk now. I'm really glad we all got it off our chest. And thank you too to the listeners for contributing. That was, that was incredibly good fun. Um, cheers, Nick. See you next time. Cheers, Adam. And thanks, Neil. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. No, thanks for having me on, Adam. I'm much appreciated. Cheers. See you next week. <laughs>